Hey folks, editor Brett Stewart here. I'm peeking out behind the curtain to preface this episode to let you all know that our favorite political triad does get a little PG-13 in this episode. There's a little bit of sex talk. There's some S-bombs, no F-bombs, but you've been warned. A little bit PG-13. But now, on to the show. This is made possible by Dustin Campbell, Oh Them Bones, Daily Tech News Show, Andy Beach, Nick Wood, and Craig. It's all come down to this. Eight fake presidents from television and movies. They've inspired you. They've scared you. They've led you, if only in your mind. They've killed terrorists. They've faked being the president, so they were kind of only the president in in name only. They ended the world. They saved the world. But yet only two remain. Jed Bartlett of the West Wing. Jack Stanton from Primary Colors. It is a good Clinton versus bad Clinton matchup. And friends, if we are going to bring this one into the station, there is only one way we can do it. We've had Brian Brushwood make the calls. We've had Tom Merritt make the calls. But for this, our final, we bump our judges up 100%. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the triumphant return of what was once the political triad is now the podcast We're Not Wrong. Myself, Jen Briney, Andrew Heaton, we talk about Bill Clinton, (laughs) the West Wing, Uh, positive elements of the West Wing, negative elements of the West Wing. And yes, you get your 2023 fake presidential bracket completed. It's all coming up for Dog and Pony Show Audio. My name is Justin Robert Young. This is Politics, Politics, Politics. Welcome, everybody, for our final fake president's bracket. So unbeknownst to you two, I didn't tell you guys that this was going to happen, but I need the content. We have done a March Madness style bracket for for a movie and television presidents. OK. All right. We had the following James Marshall from Air Force One, Thomas J. Whitmore from Independence Day, Dave Kovich from Dave, Frank Underwood from House of Cards, Tom Beck from Deep Impact, and Mergen Muffley from Dr. Strangelove. But our final, as whittled down by celebrity judges throughout the last month, is what I'm calling Good Clinton versus Bad Clinton. <laughs> Very Clinton inspired characters that. Uh, are now in our final battle. It is Jed Bartlett from the West Wing. Oh. Okay. Versus Jack Stanton, the Clinton 
surrogate from the book and movie Primary Colors. Wait, so is 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 Jed Stan or Jack Stanton bad Clinton? Jed, uh, yes, Jack Stanton is bad Clinton. Uh, Jedediah pr- Bartlett is obviously good. Clinton. He's Bartlett based off of Clinton. I, isn't he supposed to be? I've never seen. I've seen one episode with the British ambassador. Somebody said they reminded me of him. And I'm narcissistic enough to it's, watch. It's a very Clinton era. So it came from uh, Aaron Sorkin in our George Bush yeah. era of of poly- the dawning Republican age of the 2000s. And so it was a a more wistful, a wistful look at back when politicians uh, th- th- had th- moral is- certitude. They were complicated men. Yeah. They were strong, but complicated men. And, that and you could, you could were go very with- close to young women, but were very strong and very complicated. But boy, did they have a speech that would just tie everything together. And you this, know, the speech and their would- intentions were always cure- good so and pure. pure. And, and this, the speech would convince their adversaries to their position. Like if you, if you of wrote course. a sufficiently good speech, the, yes. the, I assume, Republicans or the the I assume Bartlett's an independent or a Democrat. Uh, a Democrat. He's a Democrat, but then they also had Ainsley Hayes, who was a Republican, who I loved. Like they weren't too harsh on Republicans. Sure. It was a but very the, the, like, they could get serious the, the, show. They could get the Senate to like, oh God, he made a good point. I will vote for that. Like yes. I, feel, I feel like like Obama took that pill. Like remember when Obama first got elected, and he like it was a big thing in the news that week that he went to go meet with a bunch of Republican senators uh, and like, you know, Bush hadn't done this, like what an olive branch. Uh, and he explained like, yep, this is why you should be in favor of this program that I'm pushing and it's going to be good for you in America. And then they were like, yeah, thanks for meeting with us. Uh, still voting. No, don't have any. <laughs> and he was like genuinely kind of baffled. Like, what the f- But I met with you and explained my position. You should be on my team now. Yeah. So that is, yeah, that's, that's Jed Bartlett from okay. the West Wing. Jack Stanton, the book Primary Colors, was written as a, a, a Romana Clef of the 1992 campaign and depicts a very charismatic, I mean, it's Bill Clinton. It's literally Bill, like there's stand-ins John for John Travolta, right? John Travolta plays him in the movie, but- in, And they wouldn't say who the author was. That was a big deal back in the day. It, it was, was anonymous. It was. And I can't remember the movie. How have I never heard of this movie? Uh, came Although out 1992, like, I was 10. Yeah, I was about to say, like, I, I remember this because, like, my dad always had, like, you know, The Economist and probably, I don't know, National Review or something laying around the house. So, like, there would, like, I think he had primary colors as well. So, Joe I just Klein. remember because I Joe remember the book in the bathroom. Okay. So, yeah, it was published anonymous uh, and it became this big thing. Wait, Joe Klein, the former New York Times editor? Yeah. Shit, really? Yeah. <laughs> that guy? Yeah. Dismiss all of it. <laughs> <laughs> that guy if, if if it's who i'm thinking of and i'm pretty sure it is joe klein would go on fox back when, and he would he would have these incredibly saucy stories about how um, my sources have told me that obama and clinton hate each other and the dialogue that i and he like he's just making that shit up like the, the the fox would go yes more and he would it was always sources he couldn't divulge and it was just like Bilge for Republicans and all that. So that that guy wrote it. Man, the guy who wrote the anonymous book loves anonymous sources. Yeah. Well, I I mean, mm. my read on it is that he's just making the shit up, or he's got um like a couple of drunks at a bar that he knows are lying, but he goes and meets with them, and he's like, yeah, I, like, have you heard that Michelle Obama hates Hillary Clinton? And they're like, mm, yeah, they fought on the golf course, and then he puts <laughs> it in a book, and then he writes. I mean, it wait, then- they did hate each other. Okay. The Clintons and, and the Obamas. Okay. I'm not like, might be true. Obama just, killed her 
chance at the presidency. Yeah, 2008. That was she not doesn't, a She doesn't generally put those people on her Christmas list. Yeah. It, 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 it took him giving her the State Department and then knifing Joe Biden when he was the rightful heir to run for president to, to get them back what, what, on the what, same what, page. What I remember there being was juicy, juicy, specific, salacious things with no attributes repeatedly uh, that worked very yes. well. That I I came to dismiss him as a fabulist over the course of the time I was there. Of which I will not fabulous. disabuse you of that notion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Probably but, a great book then. I bet it's really fun. It's awesome. And and it also has uh, uh, stand-ins for James Carville and George Stephanopoulos and like all that 1992 gang. There's a great story of the, the James Carville stand-in talking about how he quit smoking. But he's like, he's like, 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 yeah, my, my wife told me I, I can't smoke anymore. So I rented a motel room and I bought a carton of cigarettes and I sat there and I smoked every single cigarette in that carton. I wouldn't let myself out of the, out of the motel room until I was done smoking every single cigarette. I haven't touched one since. <laughs> <laughs> he looks it too, don't he? <laughs> It looks like something that's, I mean, like that's, everything's that's a man who smoked a lot at one point in time and really went crypt keeper on us. So the uh, the book and movie follows a idealistic young staffer who, again, has a bad Clinton experience. Uh, West Wing is all Seth rich. Uh, oh, yeah. Jesus Christ. What young staffer wow. <laughs> ever had a problem with Bill Clinton? <laughs> Who's Seth Rich? Oh, geez. Now you're going to get tagged in the Q forums. Yeah, we can just go back. Seth Rich was a dead. Oh, uh, he was the one that Hillary killed according to QAnon or whatever. So this is one of the original Hillary is like Lady Macbeth times a million uh, super vindictive. Manchurian candidate. More of the political operative than Bill. Like Bill is the charisma. Playing uh, saxophone. Yeah, he's got he's got all the love, all the I feel your pain. He likes to a lot. He's a constant wandering dick, but uh, uh, he is is uh, pure of heart. Hillary is the like we're getting to the mountaintop no matter what. And in the book, maybe Joe Klein's right. Maybe I maybe I was too hot on Joe Klein. the, The the young staffer who is our main character like finds out this like awful stuff about uh, the Bill Clinton character that he impregnated like a donor's daughter, like underage or something. And he's like, well, sir, like we know about this now. It's about time that you resign from the race. And he's like, oh man, I really, I really feel, and I'm really embarrassed. And he's like, but also we need to find dirt on my other candidates just in case this comes out we need to make sure that everybody's as dirty as we are and so the it's the 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 disillusionment of this young aide and then eventually him being uh uh you know he's spoiler alert the story ends with the young aide becoming a white house aide as they are at the inauguration of jack stanton and Mm -hmm. it comes at the discovery and threatened revelation that a very nice guy, old Florida governor, very Lawton Childsy kind of uh, stand-in character, uh, had a gay affair in the seventies, and that, especially ninety-two, would have ruined that campaign. And so he agrees to drop out instead of having that be revealed. But here we go. Wait, hold on. Yeah, did you see the Saturday Night Live episode guest starring Steve Forbes? 
It was from around that time. God. Uh, uh, it was really funny. Like, I've tried to get Steve Forbes to come on a program just to talk about what it was like to be on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Uh, and he's a really sweet, genial dude, so I think he'd be fun to talk to. But they have this sketch where uh, he's on CNN, and they have primary colors, too, uh, by Anonymous. And they're like, um, so, Mr. Forbes. And he's like, yeah. And they're like, do you know who wrote this book? No. Okay, one of the characters is Teve Torbs, and he's very handsome, and everybody loves him. And he's like, <laughs> I don't know who wrote it. And they're like, why would you change Steve to Teve? <laughs> like, and it's, it was great. It was funny. Teve Torbs. Teve Torbs. And he's like, I don't know who wrote it. And it's like, yeah, it's just, you know, clearly, it's a great clearly sketch. Steve Forbes. Yeah. That's a great sketch. Sounds like a Jim Downey sketch. Uh, so here we go. Good Clinton, bad Clinton. Uh, uh, I know uh, uh, you guys have uh, various levels of familiarity here with the source material, but we will just leave it to a highlighted positive idea of everything that Bill Clinton could be or all of the negative elements. And let me add this. We are only judging who would win in an election against okay. each other. So, so we're, we're, we're not, we're, we're not selecting for who would be the great Papa of America no. if given the chance. We're just, we're only who would running win in on an election. Who would win an election? Oh, we are, we are trans, thanks. we are this transporting everybody to political battle world. So, uh, uh, at, at the, whatever point you want in their story that you see, uh, they are transported and they have to run against each other in an, an America that does not know all of so their, I, I want to make history. sure I understand my options here. Candidate A is an idealized version of Bill Clinton that exists in a world where everybody is really, really good and competent and can sway people based on rhetoric. Yeah. And option B is basically the real Bill Clinton with a different name. I'm going to double down yeah. on bad Clinton for where, this where, purpose. Where Hillary is probably meaner and more ruthless than she is in real yes, life. Yes, I, 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 all chips on bad Clinton. Jack Stanton is the vote from Heaton. And Jen, I do you agree? And I will probably take Jedediah Bartlett. So I you have believe- a rosier picture of America, and I love Jed and the family, even though that show was <laughs> actually one of the joys of my career is I got to go on the West Wing thing. Have you heard of this podcast? No. <laughs> so uh, Dave Anthony and Josh Olson, they watched the entire series, and they hate watched yes. it like they just shit on it the whole time and so i got to do a season in uh or an episode in season six with them and it was so fun because it was an especially bad episode um because it's like misogynistic it's ridiculous like it's a silly show but i was one of those people during the bush administration where it was like it felt like therapy yeah i was like i want this president who actually gives a shit about the law and is at least a good person and isn't starting unnecessary wars like I want that to be us. And so um, I want to believe that the Jed who won two terms, yeah, even though we found out he had MS and he hit it. Yep. He won the second election. I feel like America what loves you, them some Bartlett. What do you think fictionalized, weaponized Hillary Clinton would do knowing that he had hid his MS? Take the medication. <laughs> <laughs> Settled in Nicaragua, converted to arms, <laughs> overthrow the Honduras government, <laughs> use money from that to fund her campaign. Yeah. Uh, well, now we're deadlocked. You, um, so I Unless would, one of I you would, can convince the I other. would love to live 
in the Jed Bartlett world. That sounds great. I love the aspirational element of it. Um, I think this is a, f- a fun uh, example of why election betting odds are, in, in my opinion, superior to polling. Okay. Um, we might have talked about this on your program before, Justin, particularly during an election year. But uh, my friend Maxim Lott runs a website called Election Betting Odds, where um, I, th- I think it's actually limited to foreign nationals due to American law. But you're you're going in and you're literally just betting who's going to win the primary, that kind of thing. And it regularly outperforms polls because polls tend to be both predictive and aspirational of um, uh, who's going to win the Democratic primary. Bernie Sanders, he's our man. He's a great guy. You want to put five dollars on it? No, I'm going to put it on Hillary Clinton, right? Like there's that yeah. kind of like that gap there. So I am taking the polling or I'm taking the election better gods one. I want to, I hope Jen's right. I want to live in that country. I want that guy to be my president, but I'm putting my money on bad Clinton to beat him. Well, geez, that means we have two votes the other way, which means for the first time in this bracket, I have to break the tie. I'm sure and, you're devastated. And I will say this. The West Wing, I have, I have a, 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 a soft spot for Aaron Sorkin because like any writer, Great especially dancer. a writer from Syracuse, who went to Syracuse. Uh, whenever I was getting drunk in a basement in Syracuse, I was like, I wonder if this is the first place that Aaron Sorkin snorted Coke. Because <laughs> it's got a puncher's chance. But not the It's lash. got a puncher's chance. It really does. Yeah. This update is brought to you by TakePoliticsSeriously.com. Again, TakePoliticsSeriously.com. That's where you can support the show. It's where you can get bonus content. You get a bonus episode every Monday morning. You get a bonus episode every Thursday afternoon. It's just that simple. For three bucks a week, you can double your PX3 input. I think it's a great idea. TakePoliticsSeriously.com. And here... Are your updates? Kevin McCarthy met Taiwanese President Tsai Ing Wen and gathered a bipartisan group of House lawmakers Wednesday outside of Los Angeles, projecting a united Democratic front that brushed aside stern warnings from China that the meeting should not go forward. The high-profile confab while occurring at the Ronald Reagan Presidential Library in Simi Valley marks a concrete step in furtherance of one of McCarthy's top priorities, pushing back on the influence of China in America. McCarthy becomes the highest U.S. official to meet with Taiwan's leader on domestic soil since the U.S. established formal diplomatic ties with China in 1979. Among the politicians cheering on McCarthy, another politician from California, Kevin McCarthy's predecessor as Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. A reminder that Nancy Pelosi visited the Taiwanese president when she visited the island. But a few months ago. If you need any further sign that we are in a green bipartisan light for anything that is negative toward China, look no further. Here's a little update on a story we covered a while ago. Leonardo DiCaprio testified at the Praz Michelle of the Fugees trial. Academy Award winner DiCaprio took to the stand as the first blockbuster witness in the star-studded trial of former Fugees member Praz. Michelle is accused of participating in a global 
campaign finance conspiracy funded by Joe Lowe, a Malaysian businessman who allegedly stole billions of dollars from the Malaysian Sovereign Wealth Fund, 1MDB. Michelle is pleading not guilty. DiCaprio told the jury that he spoke with Joe Lowe in 2012 about the ongoing presidential election. Quote, it was a casual conversation about what party he was in support of. I told him what party I was in support of. And he told me that he or he in a group were going to make a significant contribution to the Democratic Party, noting that the donation was around 20 to $30 million. I said, wow, that's a lot of money. Among the other elements of this, uh, DiCaprio said that he and Michelle first met in 1997 at a Fuji's concert. He made the point to say that Jolo's parties were so extravagant that he once flew everybody out to Australia so they could celebrate the new year and then flew the entire party to Vegas so they could celebrate it again. Praz's uh, trial continues to go on and consider me absolutely befuddled as to why this is not getting more attention. Uh, tens of millions of dollars, A-list actors. Remember, it was Joe Lowe's company that funded Wolf of Wall Street, a movie about fraud that eventually had its profit seized. Oh, how? why is this not getting more attention? I don't know. Donald Trump was defiant in his first speech since his arrest and charges earlier this week. The former president maintained his innocence, saying that he never did anything illegal and that the charges against him should never have been brought. He also attacked the judge presiding over the case, Juan Mershon, calling him a Trump-hating judge. Quote, you want to get President Trump at any cost? As it turns out, everyone who has looked at this case says there's no crime and it should never have been brought. Never have been brought. It's an insult to our country, and the world is already laughing at us. Uh, you know, we record these on Wednesdays, so uh, we've only had a few, you know, less than a day since these uh, charges have been unsealed. So far, the reviews aren't good. Even left-leaning Trump critical legal voices are saying that that the underpinnings of this case are floppy. So we'll see where it goes. TakePoliticsSeriously.com is where you need to go if you would like to get more of PX3. Get an episode on Monday. Get an episode on Thursday. Get an ad-free feed if you'd like to at takepoliticsseriously.com ad free feeds only a buck a week the extra stuff is only three dollars a week you know when you think about it like a cup of coffee you know think about it like something else it's not that bad takepoliticsseriously.com and now back to the triad West Wing is something that is very highly, highly controversial. Like you pointed out the West Wing thing, and I I did not remember the name of the podcast, but I do know that West Wing is looked at by progressives as being possibly more dangerous and corrosive to America than like Rush Limbaugh. 
Like, because Rush yeah. Limbaugh was just walk, rallying walk up. through this, because I remember progressives didn't tend to like that guy. So it's like the West Wing theory is a lot like the Pod Save America guys, where it's like. <sighs> so the, I don't know how to. The, the, there was a progressive it. aide in Congress right now who wrote in saying, for the love of God, anybody but Jed, because he's like, it's ruined, actually ruined in America the liberal movement uh, of the democratic party. Yeah. Like because, while we're talking about, you know, renditioning people, kidnapping them off the street, like in real life, there's episodes where Jed Bartlett does that, but it sanitizes the entire thing. So yeah, it sanitized a lot of things that we would be against, it, but it, they it, did it, it in this flowering language. Yeah. It fetishizes centrism and yes. a, a very triangulated Clintonian thinking of like, like, well, we have our, our ideals, but we have to compromise and we, I might not like it, but it has to be done. And that is something that the progressives being more ideologically pure are like, no, we should be rattling the cage. We should be moving more toward where they are in Europe. We should have more bold liberal thinking and we are boxed in by this big glossy. You just need to have the right rhetoric and sure we're compromising our values to the point where they don't mean anything. And we're only becoming a uniparty, but we're all together. And isn't that what matters? Uh, uh, that's, that's where I, they, I, and hopefully the progressive listeners uh, think that I've put accurate words to this, but that I is what I've fair. surmised from them that, that they believe it is like, look, Rush Limbaugh is talking to Republicans. You're never going to get liberal votes for Republicans. So, yeah, he's dangerous and bigoted and blah, 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 blah. But that didn't ruin their own party. So wait, wait, so if, and if it's I'm so like, well executed that I didn't see it in the Bush years until I met Dave Anthony. Like I didn't see it. And then I watched it again, like through their eyes. And it's so obvious that they justify things that the liberals do not believe in. So here you have this like liberal president and all of these people who are well-spoken and you love them. And like, and they're making the cases for the things that like, you don't want the liberal government to do. So, um, and so I think that was a part of it too. It wasn't obvious. It was so it was well executed and a lot of people bought into those arguments. And therefore when you had Obama come in and drone bomb the shit out of people and like do all the things he said he wasn't going to do, there was an acceptance of that, that I think the West wing, a lot of people point to that and go, Oh, that so it's, primed it's, them it's, for this. It's not just that it made them incompetent to some extent at, at being able to prosecute or to, to campaign an election, but also made them complacent with their leaders because um, they had yeah. such a rosy view of them. Yes. A rosy okay. view of centrism. No, that sounds right to me. Like I, when I went to early on in New York, I was doing comedy at the world comedy club and I was talking to a gal who was like, understandably railing about um, uh, a, a genocide that had happened in Africa and how we, sh we sh should have gone in and all this stuff. And I was like, well, like if Bush had gone in, would you have thought that that was a good idea? And she's like, no, cause he's a warmonger. And I was like, what if, what if like Obama went in and she's like, oh, well, his heart's in the right place. And I was like, so the exact same action you would mm -hmm. have you would have opposed if a Republican did it. But you would have been in favor of it because the heart was in the right place of the Democrat. Because Obama yeah, like, would have given a better speech. You would have given a better speech. So, OK, I'm see this. I think you've explained it. The, the campaign side of this makes sense to me. This would be like if you if you had like a really popular libertarian television show where at the end of every episode, the president whipped out a graph 
and explained <laughs> why yeah. his logic was unassailable and everybody stood up and gave you standing ovation and then like abolished the government department and like that yes. taught all of them. That's the, like, that's the kind of phenomenon we've got. So going that on. is, that is what, uh, if I'm going to capture the progressive anger and this is vitriolic anger that progressives have with this particular television Yeah, the West show. Wing thing was a whole podcast about that anger. Oh, and they were progressives that didn't like it. Progressives oh, yeah. Hate it. And they're very funny. Hate it. Huh. <laughs> like, uh, uh, this is like the basis of like, like the Chapa's Trap House kind of stuff. Like, it, it is, it is looked to be a captured ideology that has brainwormed liberal, American liberalism to take it further away from where it would have normally gone if you track it to like what's happened in Europe and made it more of a Clintonian uh, uh, triangulated centrism that is further away from where you, they you, believe that the you, movement should you be. You would all know better than me because I, I have less druthers within the progressive movement. But um, from where I'm at, like something that we talk about on We're Not Wrong all the time, um, there's not... It's it's very reductive to think of the entire world as one of two parties. It seems to me that there is a uh, like a a species difference intellectually between liberals and leftists. Liberals are coming out of a very specific um, British American tradition with John Stuart Mill and John Locke and um, uh, incremental reform, um, whereas leftists are like a whole different thing. So I would what you're describing to me almost sounds like leftists being mad at liberals for being um, the the weaker, moderate, incremental reformers, as opposed to the passionate burn down the house and break the windows. Heaton, dare I say, that is exactly what I am telling you. (laughs) Okay. That is exactly, that is, that is very much an ideological way to say it to the point where people are, are, have drawn a line saying like, I'm not a liberal, I'm a leftist. Yeah. 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 Cause I, I, I've not listened to a lot of Chapo Trap House, but I put them in that category. Whereas like, I think so. Save America, they're Obama liberals, aren't they? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, Who probably like the West Wing. Love. Oh, yeah. Here you go. Love the West Wing. Now, Jack Stanton. That's brutal. Unfair. I think Joe Klein, I think that you are you are right to say that Joe Klein certainly traffics in a lot of, let's say, uh, 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 to be kind, gadfly rumors. Yes, that's a good way of putting that. Uh, And that as somebody that was around that trail and probably heard a bunch of stories put together a fictionalized version uh that would uh you know become very very famous and leave tugs wagging and it is in those combined that i say your winner of the fake president's bracket is Jack Stanton. Go ahead and walk and talk off a of pier, Bartlett. Yeah, we did it. Screw yeah. the West Wing. Screw Four the West Wing. Screw, Screw the West Wing. Screw the West Wing. Oh my God, if I have to hear one more monologue. Jeez. Oh my God. Uh, I'm the vice president, boo boo. Have you ever seen the like how much Sorkin recycles tropes? I, I've literally seen two things tro- he's ever done. The episode with Lord Marlbury of the West Wing, because somebody said I looked like him. And then also... You do! Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so I watched that, and then I watched, I think, the first episode of The Newsroom, and the, the line that oh. I went, I'm done here, was the, the the protagonist stands up, and he's giving his give-it-hell speech to everybody. And he's like, Republicans, you're a bunch of knuckle-dragging shitbags, you evil people. And 
Democrats. If you're so smart, how come you keep losing elections? And I'm like, that's the that's that that's the that's the, the, the both sides the of the even handedness <laughs> of this is Democrats ought to win elections but don't, and Republicans are evil knuckle dragging shitbags. I was like, all right, this is everything I need to know about this series. I'm out. Have you seen the clip of uh, the newsroom where <laughs> Omar Osama bin Laden is killed? It's so worth it. You just have to watch it. It's uh, uh, they because they work in the news. They know that uh, there is that, you know, that there's a big thing. And uh, the the plane, it's so shittily written. Uh, the, the, everybody on the plane is like worried, like, oh, like, like, what is it? What is it? And they start arguing with each other. And, uh, 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 the, eventually the guy who knows gets into a fight with the stewardess and the stewardess is like, like, sir, you need to like sit down or blah, blah, blah. And then eventually the pilot comes out and the guy goes, sir, he he sees that he's like a, a, a military guy and he's like, sir, it is. My honor to tell you that Osama bin Laden has been killed and the entire plane like erupts and they're hugging and they're crying like it. it, I can't even describe it and do it uh, justice. It is among the most horrid pieces of television ever filmed. And while I do love Aaron Sorkin and there is elements of his writing for which I do enjoy I do think he writes the same script over and over and over again. And again, just look up the supercut of Aaron Sorkin repeating dialogue between all of his shows because mm. he just he does it over and over and over again. But I'm sorry. I'm sorry, West Wing heads. I know the West. The, uh, 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 my friend Will Harris, who is one of the, the biggest donors to this show, he threatened that he would pull his support if Jed Bartlett did not win. <laughs> but I'm sorry. You got Stanton, dog. I know it it wasn't a real world, but those first three seasons, the Aaron Sorkin ones that were written by the, but the first three seasons were written by Aaron Sorkin. I still rewatch them. I I don't love the politics of it, but I love that show. I love the writing. I love the characters. The characters are so good. Um, Yeah. So I just, I want the Jed Bartlett world even though like it is centrist like i do think he had the heart of gold <laughs> well, there we go all right i want it I think you might have right. found the one thing that could turn me leftist i need to watch this just to see if i'm like oh god i was Jeff i think House. you would love it actually if you uh uh yeah so if you're pulling your support from px3 please give it to the congressional dish because yes. jen loves the west wing uh heaton political orphanage Go listen to him. Mm-hmm. Thank you guys for allowing me to ring you out for yet more content. Uh, and I've had to show. pee this whole time. So thank me doubly. Bye guys. <laughs> and that'll wrap it up for us today. Politics, politics, politics written and hosted by me, Justin Robert Young for dog and pony show audio in Austin, Texas. Our show is edited by Brett Stewart. If you would like to say thank you to Jen Briney, you can do so by going to px3guest.com. That goes to her Twitter, and you can find Mighty Heaton on Twitter as well. You want to email the show, it is theyoungamerican at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at px3tweets, at Justin R. Young. You can find me live on Twitch, px3live. And you can share this podcast at px3podcast.com. You want to hit me off with a one-time donation to say thank you for the show. A little tip, you know, 
like one of those uh, uh, iPads. Just like, oh, would you like a little tip? Just a one-time tip? You can do so. If you're on PayPal, it's paypal.me slash payjury. Venmo is justin-young-20. Cash app is px3cash, and you can send anything you'd like in the mail. P.O. Box, 1531-84, Austin, Texas, 78715. Of course, you can always get our bonus content at TakePoliticsSeriously.com. $3 tier gets you two bonus podcasts per week covering all the news that we miss on our free podcasting schedule. And the $10 tier gets your name read on the show like these fine folks in the Titanic. $10 tier, Jason, Andres, Matt, John, Gross, C. Garcia, Matthew T., El Basso, John, Craig Potts, MC Dradio, Unsafe DB Level, Katie, Amanda, Ye Old Pinball Shop, DP4, Bongo, Kneemeister, Catherine, Todd, and Vogloria Young for King of the New World Order. Edison, Up, Up, Down, Down, Left, Right, Left, Right, BA, Select Star, Dr. G, Neil, Charles, Darren, 100 Mile Runner, Idris, Arslandian, Blue Front, and the Lanina, DL. Steven, Chad, Nomadic Terran, Molly's Dashing Debut, Miranda, Janelle, Adam, Chief Andy, Robert, Casey, Paul. Is awesome. Brad Richard, middle-aged Mike, who loves Frank Got Abducted. Just another pilot. Utah Jimmy Montana, the Gen A-L-D-L-D-L-D. Really? Chopper, Andrew, and Joshua, you want to be a cool kid like those folks? Well, you just head on over to take politics seriously.com. And that'll be it for us this week. I hope everybody has a good weekend. Be a quiet one on on our front, which I'm excited about. A little rest, a little relaxation. Next Monday, we got the launch of uh, of World's Greatest Con. In fact, I'm going to have, here, Brett, Brett's going to play the, 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 the trailer for World's Greatest Con right after this. If you haven't heard it, I think you're going to love it. Till next time, is your old pal Justin Robert Young saying... Some shows talk about politics. Others talk about politics. Still more discuss politics, but this is the only show that dares discuss. Oh, three. It's nineteen eighty one. Two boys are sitting at a table in St. Louis. These two are the subject of a scientific study that's going to change the world. Businesses, governments, and militaries all around the globe are spending millions of dollars to search for it. But these boys have it. When the lab finally publishes what these boys have done, the staff will forever be remembered for finally capturing the impossible. Because these boys are psychic. They can bend metal, stop clocks, short-circuit machines, all with their minds. They do it on command, and they do it under supervision by some of the smartest people on the planet. But of course, we know cons don't fool us because we're stupid. They thought they were too smart to be fooled. We all want to believe there's real magic. In 1979, aircraft tycoon James S. McDonnell gave half a million dollars for research. We see these people as the enemy. (laughs) You hold the cup of Christ. We don't see them as people. Cold War paranoia, the arrogance of academia, righteous rage from teenagers all collide in a multi-year deception. We're kids. We don't know any better. We have no clue. I don't believe they're tricking us. We did truly break the law. 
he has a complete mental breakdown. And that's one of the problems the scientists have when they're trying to judge this. They set up the experiment to start at 4 o'clock. The trick may have been done at 3.15. He's got two guns in there. They are cocked, ready to fire. I fear that he believes we ruined part of his life. For the first time ever, these two boys, now men, reveal the untold behind-the-scenes story. Exactly how it happened, why they did it, and what the consequences were that changed their lives forever. This season on World's Greatest Con, everyone will finally know the truth of Project Alpha. And it all starts April 10th. Can you tell us how do you do it? I'll do it. Be quite honest. We cheat. Dog and Pony Show Audio. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>